Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, welcome. Life Let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Hey, where are you going? Hey, hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's think this about seems this. strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. So, T, I don't know if you've had a chance to research this week's storyteller. I did not. Was I supposed okay. to research the story? I don't, I, I don't, I didn't do that. Am I supposed to do that? Um, are we going to save Facebook comments for the end? Or do you want to do you it now? You haven't done Facebook comments yet. No, I like to do it live. Okay, great. So you don't know about anything. You don't know his background. No, except for what okay. he shared. Okay, great. Oh, well, that's are a you being mad at me? No. No, oh, okay. I, I knew that that was probably a possibility. I know you like to go in fresh. So we will save that discussion for the end. I might end up for the edit, bump it up to the beginning because I think it's a, uh, I think it's a lengthy conversation that we're going to have. Is it going to be weird to bump it up to the beginning and then I clearly don't know anything about anything? What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? I'll I go with it. No, oh. we'll record it at the end, but for the edit, we might bump up the conversation to the beginning. Oh, the conversation. Yeah. The, oh, the comments? Or your your background on the guy? Our back, The background on the guy. I think. Okay. I think it's the most worthwhile talking point of the episode, but let's. I'm so curious. I know. I don't know how to handle it. Do you want to just tell me now? Then it might help me with my talking. Okay. I don't know. I could do the reveal right here. So. Yeah. Ready. Okay. So when I first listened to this episode, which I had to, as part of, uh, Okay, so when we make these extra um, series, this Point Blake series, there's additional uh, budget for production values. And so there's a person that adds some sound design to each episode. And that's something that we should also talk about because I know people don't really like that because we don't do that in our regular show. And I also 
don't really like it. And and honestly, Wit also doesn't really like it either. Yeah, I noticed like, that. I did notice that. Well, it's been, been tamped down a lot. So I always get a version of the episode with the sound design before the show airs. And then I respond to it and let him know what I think should be cut out as far as that extra sound. And I usually have most of it cut out. And I mean, Wit agrees with me, but if it feels too heavy handed or it feels like uh, so obvious, like, and then I want pee. And then you hear like, like, it's just too much sometimes, you know, (laughs) and uh, I was at a fountain and then you hear like splash, 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 splash. It's just, it's not really how our show works. And really I try to listen to it in a way where, um, as soon as the sound design takes me out of the story, then I know that it's not needed for the progression of the story. And so I'll make the note, cut the sound at, cut the trumpet sound at, you know, two minutes, 15 seconds or whatever. So I say all this to say, when I first heard the episode, I was completely blown away by Troy's story. I, I was sobbing. You know, this mm-hmm. man meets the love of his life later in life. And the way he spoke about her was just so, like, just such a deep love. And he kind of speaks with this embodiment of, like, a socialized idea of what America is, you know, honor and honesty and working class and you know hates cheaters and loves Mm -hmm. you know and he only eats red white and blue and all that stuff like he and you you feel that he knows that he embodies it and he's like proud of it and that's just the way he speaks you know and that's a whole other thing to talk about so and when we embark on a episode with any storyteller we really go on our gut as to how true the story is right we we're not a news show we're we're not fact checking we're not like doing background checks on anyone um which some of our audience thinks is we should be that we should be doing background checks on people Mm -hmm. we don't So we kind of take people at their word. If if it's something like this, you know, he was involved in a mass shooting and it is sort of verifiable, then great that that just, you know, keeps keeps the episode going. It's been verified. But it's not something that we actively do. We don't do it for any of our other episodes. We take people for at their word and it goes through so many processes and so many people and if it and we have we do have an instinct when we feel like someone's pulling our leg, you know? And if we feel that instinct, we usually bypass the submission. Like we're all adult people. We, and, and maybe sometimes one will slip through a good liar or something. Okay. So be it. Whatever. Oh, um, so after this episode was released, it was garnering a lot of attention on Facebook and Instagram as it does. And it was the same sort of thing that I'm saying that people were really moved by his story and really moved by the love for his wife. And then the comments started trickling in about him being a registered sex offender. 
Oh my God. Mm. Do we know? Well, more details there. So, I don't think I'm the best researcher in the world. You can um, Google, right? You're good at Googling. I mean, look. <laughs> the debate team before we there it to. is. So, yep. I can I can flip through some microfish like nobody's business, you know. I will say Google sometimes is a little bit muddled for me, especially when it comes to like government records. Sometimes those are just hard to read on the face of it. It's not like a big shiny neon light that says your information's here. Um, so I, so I was first brought to it on Facebook and Wit has since commented on it on Facebook and you'll see that there. But someone basically said he's a registered sex offender. And then I think that same person said that the listed offense was lewd or lascivious acts with a child under 14 years of age. Hmm. Uh, in, in my own research, I couldn't for the episode of, or for the purposes of this show that we're doing right now, I really wanted to find the information on my own so that we could talk about it and have the, I guess, original documentation in front of us so that we could talk about it and know exactly what was facts and what was fiction. Um, honestly, I couldn't find, I, I did find a, a list. I did find his name on a list of general sex funders for that zip code. Um, I didn't see that language. I just said the Ludum City's X. Um, it is someone did comment on on Facebook, I did reach out to one of our Facebook moderators to ask her if someone linked to it on Facebook, but she didn't get back to me. And I found out later it's because she's having, um, she's out on some other leave issue. Um, and then I did talk to Wit about it and he, he seems to only know what I just said. He, he, it's not like he looked it up on his own or, or actually saw the documentation himself. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm not saying it's not out there. Did I hear the kiddos? I think so. Yeah. Should we say hi real quick? No, it's going to be a whole thing. They don't know. Hmm. Okay. It's fine. Sorry, I couldn't find anything really quick, and I don't want to just be looking at my phone the whole time. But that is really upsetting. Instead of sort of opening with a bit, oh. I, did, I did talk extensively about my bad food choices. You know, I really wanted us, I mean, I do think that we should talk about the episode to a degree, but I really want us to talk about how we handle a storyteller that has that kind of blemish on their record and what that, even though that has nothing to do with the story they're telling at the moment, how does it impact how we receive their words at all as a listener? Mm -hmm. um, it's easy for, I think it's easy to sit back and go, well, you know, 
that has nothing to do with the story at hand. Like let, we could, we could listen to this story in a vacuum, right. And we could ignore his past crimes. Um, it, it's easy to say that, right. Mm-hmm. But if it was something maybe that directly impacted us, you are yours, you know, if it was something that happened to your kid, are you going to have that same sort of uh, ability to separate him from the act for this other story? You know, most people that are survivors of childhood trauma like that definitely don't give him the grace to listen to his a, a story from him, despite it being separate from one from the other. So, yeah, I want to I want to talk about that. Yeah, and yeah. I know I like sprung it on you. No, I'm yeah, I'm happy to fresh. talk about it. She comes in fresh. Coming in fresh. I mean, so clearly it moved you to hear that information. So just off the top of your head, how does that make you feel about him? I guess for me, like it was, you know, when you read news articles and stuff, and we've all now been reading news articles where there's shootings and it affects us like deeply to hear like their personal stories and to feel like you're actually there. There's a difference of like these news articles, like 10 dead, you know, you don't see faces, you don't hear stories, stuff like that. Right. And that's why I appreciate the series. Cause you start to really understand what their experience is like. Right. But then when you hear like, Oh, registered sex offender, I mean, it's like, like, again, you could be like, it's a way, it's something separate from him, from you or whatever. Um, and then like, but for some like it definitely people who are involved with that situation are deeply affected by that. Um wonder what that story is. But um I don't know what my point was there. But all I'm saying is it really changes things. Like it's hard for me to empathize. Like I I came in like like the, him thinking about his wife and losing her and being there for her that whole time and just trying to be, you know, a loving husband, all those things. And then um, I really appreciated the way he was like, you know, I'm kind of a tough dude, you know, but I'm not afraid of feelings. Like I love like that kind of stuff. Like that's what I'm trying to teach our kids, like especially like Arlo, like it's okay to have feelings and to like, show them all day so like I started to like really feel this dude and now I'm like not you know why is that I mean let me ask you this yeah are there circumstances around this charge that would make it more understandable like for instance um is it worse for him to be 18 yeah. years old with a 14-year-old girlfriend mm-hmm. than say, I mean, is that worse? That which That's obviously bad. We saw it all the time. We were growing up, you know, seniors dating freshmen or whatever. Yeah. Um, is that worse than if it, if it was him as a 21-year-old um, uh, molesting a child under five. I mean, right. There are, there are degrees in which we see these crimes, 
though they're crimes nonetheless. Those those would both be under that same umbrella of mm-hmm. lewd and lascivious acts with the child under 14, right? But we, in our minds, categorize those two things differently, don't we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's why I, I really made an effort to, I wanted to find out what the fuck, like, I want to. I know, it's really unknown. But it does make you sit with it and go, what circumstance would it make you feel okay about it? Not necessarily okay, but at what point do our storytellers just become villains and because of such a villainous past of aggression, do we now think of them as not just unreliable, but in, we've sort of car- categorized them as maybe evil or mm-hmm. a villain or just a criminal. And now they're not, we can't even listen to them without that impinging on our feeling yeah. about it. Because I will say, like I said, I listened to his story for, for the sound effects issue before it was published, before I knew about the crime. And I, I wrote to Wit. This is one of your best episodes. So excellent. He's such a great storyteller. It was really moving. I was sobbing, yada, yada, yada. And then for the purposes of this show, I re-listened to it again, knowing the knowledge that I came across about his past. And it, I couldn't listen to it in the same way. I put it through this filter of judgment, which yeah. I think we should and we do. And I don't know what to do with that. You know, I'm not yeah. I don't know what to do with that. That's hard. Okay. Is this, is this the same? T- tell me if this is the same. Okay. Um, you hear a Michael Jackson song. Yeah. So I was going to bring that up as well. And we've talked about this. We talk about this. It's like a go-to example. Uh-huh. If we believe the accounts of the kids from the HBO documentary and other accounts as well, when we hear his art, which is different than telling like a firsthand account of, of an a scene or something, but it's still hearing his voice. It's, it's giving him a point of view, his artistry, a a space in your brain and your ears, you know, do we just, are we unable to listen to the music the same way? Can you hear Billie Jean in the grocery store and be okay with it? Yeah. So that's weird. And, you know, he profited. It's not like, us listening to it actually helped him financially. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For some reason, we've talked about it before. I was like, I can listen to his music. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because like 30 years of listening to it and that. I was able to like compartmentalize it a bit. Yeah. But this is like begging for you to empathize, right? To like see things from him, you know, from his perspective. That's an excellent point. This show is set up 
to beg right. for you to empathize. So can empathy exist in a bubble? It did exist in a bubble when I didn't know about it. But now it's hard. It's like the other woman, right? Yeah. We're not supposed to empathize with her. Great episode. Shout out. We're not supposed to like empathize with her, right? Aren't we though? Um, no, no. I mean, yeah, I definitely did. 100%. But like in broader terms, the other woman, like that's the, she's the evil one. You know, yeah. I'm simplifying a lot, but I'm just saying, like, I was 100% able to empathize with her. It felt bad for her a lot, you know? But now we're talking about the difference in crimes, right? Yeah, the crime. The difference. The crime is different. But we don't now, know what the crime is, but... And hers wasn't really a crime, but it was, his is a crime, but we don't know the details. Like a moral failing, right? Mm-hmm. It is a moral failing for you to seek sex outside of a relationship where it hasn't been previously established that that's okay between two partners. It is a moral failing for you to touch a kid without their consent. These are both big time moral failings. Do we see them? We see them as different. Clearly we do in society. We do. There's like a ranking, right? Wouldn't there be a ranking there? A complete ranking. I mean, one is not illegal. It's, a, yeah. it's not illegal to commit adultery. Yeah. But it is, it is illegal to touch a kid and that they are protected by the state. And that's why it is a crime to do so. Um, so, but, you know, morally, we do, we do judge things on a ranking system. We just do. And I think when it comes to children, being that they're our future and all, we... Sorry, I didn't mean to. Whitney Houston. I didn't mean to Whitney Houston. (laughs) Teach them well, right? And let them lead the way. Do not touch them. Not touch them. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Yes. Teach them. Don't touch them. In society, give them a sense. Sorry. To make it easier. Yeah. Let's children laughter. Man. That's how we did you see, by the way, did you see the, the movie on Netflix? The I think it's called like the story of Whitney Houston or something. Um, it's no, like a is it good? Action. Is it good? So I haven't finished it yet, but I was really into it. It was one of those ones I just like clicked on, like, eh, what's this about? And um, there's some interesting revelations in there. Which I Wait, did you say it's a series or a movie or what? No, it's just a movie. Um, it's got, okay, you know, her mom, Sissy Houston, that got her into music or whatever. She's played by the actor that played the medical examiner on Law and Order SVU. I love her. I love her too. And she's great in this. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. No, I need to finish it, but. 
they fully place like full songs and it's not Whitney singing. It's the actor singing and she's okay. But well, the whole know. song. Oh, they do like, it's excessive. Songs. I love yeah, that. Like, really? They're going to play this whole song? Diva. Yeah. Divas. Right. Did you know that she was kind of like lesbian leaning before she was discovered? Even, even during her rise to fame, she was living with a girl and who was a lesbian brought her friend Robin. She was, I remember when I was a kid, it was just like characterized like her best friend. Oh, like yeah, Robin. Mm-hmm. Lesbian. Fun. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that. Anyway, sorry to deflect. Once you, once you quote Whitney, you can't. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, difficult. It's difficult to go back. So, what were we talking about? Yes, we see a differentiation in these types of crimes. We have an instinct as society to protect the weak and vulnerable, yes. especially children. That's a universality. And we do, and I think the majority majority of us being parents, not me, but the majority of parents, you know, knowing about their own kids and their vulnerabilities um, and their own protective nature over them, hear those kind of things and might and and would react strongly as they should. We all should. Um, I guess there w- there was some criticism in Facebook of uh, our show of the show that we should have done a background check on this guy and that basically he should be censored and we shouldn't hear a story from a man that has that, that kind of spot on his record. So I, I asked the question of you. Oh. Are, are we allowed to hear from storytellers that have that kind of past? If you knew it, would you have put him? Would you have done it? Not to turn it around on you, but. That's fair. It's fair, that's right? <laughs> that's as fair as fair can get. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, if I if I knew that before and I was working on the show, I probably wouldn't have. You would lobby for not including him. You would say we shouldn't include him. With we found this thing as past, we shouldn't include maybe, him. Maybe so. maybe more details if we could get. So I think there's like ways to find it that's like really cheap. Just saying, but um, show should. But do we do? I don't know. But like, ask like it's a bigger question you're asking. Like, is he worthy of being heard? And then also like knowing what we know now, do we take it off? I mean, not that you're even considering that, but it would it be right to take it off? It's a moral dilemma, maybe. It really is. And what's been quite clear, he, he says it on Facebook that, um. We're not. We're not going to stand in judgment for that. That has nothing to do with it, this story that he's telling. He's basically compartmentalizing, like you're saying. Is he good at that? Like he did. He did that. He compartmentalized he did that. it. Oh, okay, here we go. 
I see something. I see something. I see something. Because it it showed. Uh, yeah, oh, here. Oh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Out loud. Do you see, see what's response? I'm looking at his response. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, read it out loud. Okay. Hi, all. Some of you have been asking me to weigh in on the recent revelation that Troy, from episode one of the Point Blank series, is a registered sex offender. Unfortunately, we only found this out from the Facebook group here and did not know this when we interviewed him and published the episode. It was personally angering and disheartening to find this out about Troy and certainly makes him a much more complicated person. I completely sympathize with the reactions here. That being said, we won't be taking the episode down. Any further opinion I have on the matter is irrelevant. I think the conversation here is rich and important, and I, of course, welcome all opinions on it. Thank you all for bringing this to light, and I hope it deepens the richness of our dialogue. What do you think? It's a good, it's a good post. That, makes, that leads me to believe that you're probably right, that if we knew that information beforehand we probably wouldn't have proceeded with the episode. I mean, there might've been a lot of back and forth maybe. I mean, that the point he's making is true. This is a way, I think this conversation is important. You know, do past crimes shut you up forever? Or is it the severity of the crime, the type of crime? Once you lay your hands on a kid, you know, should you be banished from society completely? I mean, some people believe that. Isn't it that some people, and just, uh, if you like, uh, you're like at the park, you're like, I gotta pee, and then you pee, and then somebody, <laughs> you know, that could be a kid, it's like, yeah. oh, I got you peeing, you know. Yeah. Is that also considered? Yeah, I mean. The, I don't know the specific right. The circumstances might be of no, but it could be, but it's neither here nor there. He's out and about living in free society. Did he do prison time? I don't know. I don't know. I can't find I'm going to have to do some research. I know. No, I can't. Did you use quotes? I think I did. What do you think you did? You should be certain. That's an easy. I used Bing. Oh my God, dude. Okay, I appreciate our need to get. How to are you the- using Bing? You've got a Mac, I'm right? I'm totally kidding. I don't use Bing. I have a Mac <laughs> from 2016, but I still have it. It still works. <laughs> like it so- still works. <laughs> I don't know. Where does this part go? <laughs> You're gonna listen to the recordings. We just silence. The entire so the, time. For the purposes of this conversation, I wanted to know the exact details. I wanted to know yeah. everything about it. That's because I felt like that was important to this conversation. And on the other hand, I feel like it isn't important to this conversation. I think we should be able to look at this philosophically and at least try to understand our own feelings about it. Point blank. Sorry to use the name of Well, I wasn't sure if you were calling it or you're just <laughs> being like direct. <laughs> Does someone's prior 
crime preclude them from telling other stories? They can tell all the stories they want. (laughs) I'm not saying they can't not tell. Do we, do we listen? Do we put, give them, do we give them a stage to share with others? I literally was going to say something like he's a role model for young boys everywhere who are taught to be tough. You know what I mean? And not to have feelings like this guy's tough guy, army, you know, whatever. And, you know, um, no, not a role model now, you know. So he cannot, he cannot pay for that crime. In your eyes, he will never have paid well, for that when crime. when you're a registered sex offender, are you that forever? Yeah. Yeah. That's like up the payment, right? Like you are labeled as such for the rest of yeah. your life. You might not get jobs. You might not be able to live in certain places, right? So you definitely don't get a stage. If those items are precluded and that's imposed by the I'm state, not saying definitely. I was saying, do you give them a stage? I'm asking you, what do you I'm think? asking you. And I'm saying, I don't know. And do. I'm saying, tell me, because I don't know. I am saying, I listen to it. I listen to his story in two different ways. And that bothers me. I want to, I, cause I want to be a person that goes, he paid for his crime. He's forever living on the sex offender list. He, this has nothing to do with the story he's telling. I should be able to hear his story and judge it for its own merits. But you're right. I can't do that because part of the way the show is constructed is that we're asked to empathize with the person and not just their story writ large, right? Yeah. But now you're, you see, you're swaying me back a little. I mean, I, the story, it's the story itself, the situation. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Of course. That's awful. I'm not saying it's okay that that happened. <laughs> Here, okay. Okay, should we have storytellers like this on the show? That's a question. Two. Sex offenders? And what if you murdered somebody? This is, okay. What are our guidelines? Because at the moment, we don't have any. At no the murderers? Moment, 
No, I'm sure we've had a murderer or two on the show. Murder. Murder. Wait, wait, I got a question before I interview. Are you a murderer? <laughs> Is that how you're going to... Sorry, murderer. Are you a murderer? You look like a murderer. <laughs> the, okay. This is the first time I'm just telling the audience we don't usually drink during. Right. This, uh, this right. is we are this is a new. I'm glad I drank for this. God. <laughs> Asking the big questions. I was prepared. Do you know how many notes? I had so many things. Doesn't it feel like it's all say? Okay. So. If we find out a storyteller is on the sex offender list, sex offender list. It's like registry. It's like, ooh, wedding registry, baby registry. <laughs> oh, sorry. But um, I'm saying it's weird. It does, does that mean we can't hear from them forever, ever again? Just as long as they're on the sex offender list, right? No. I mean, is that the standard? No, I don't know. Do we want to hear the murder? Is that a standard? Can we not? Can we? This is so crazy. I'm like cool with murderers. Is that weird? Toad's cool. That's interesting. (laughs) Okay. Think about the the podcast, My Favorite Murder, right? Like that's a a global sensation. It's an amazing show. They have 19 million listeners. Can you imagine a show being called My Favorite Rape? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Isn't that weird? And there's there's just something in our consciousness that like there's something about us. I don't. What is it? It's a kids thing. Like if they murdered kids, I'm not as into it either. I think they have to murder. I think they have to murder people like later. No, but they talk about murders that involve children. They murdered children. Well, or they, the children they murdered. Yeah, they've talked about murders where children have been murdered oh they're i mean their their title of their their show isn't about that it's not like they're actually into murder or or no it's not like they actually just have their favorites they don't actually (laughs) even have their favorites i think it's just like the zeitgeisty way to introduce a podcast that is about murders in an age when everyone's obsessed with true crime and yeah. they're just interested in murders. And they totally. just took that and put it on its head and called it's it. Fascinating. It's what fascinating. What would get you there? What's going on? They don't on? actually advocate for murder. They don't like have favorites. They don't, it's not like they enjoy some over the others. Like they think they're all bad. And it's just, it's just a title of a show. However, if you, you but you could in that way, you exactly. could not with Can you imagine? Like the murder thing, they they probably describe facts. There might be details. Yeah, they tell right? the whole story of what happened. They discuss it. Not the same for molesting. I like if you had a show like it would just be the. There's no way anyone would listen to that. Molestation. Yeah, it's my favorite molestation. It's my favorite sex crime. It's my favorite sex offender. It's my favorite sex offender. Yeah. That's catchy. That is catchy, though. Well, I'm good at songs. I mean, 
it what what is well it? we do watch S- what is well it? we do watch svu and we love svu right we do are you asking well, or are you saying no i'm saying we do we do but it's against but it's like law and order we're, we're yeah we're, we're we're against that i do think that we i don't know there's something about the way that we talk about these crimes that allow us to compartmentalize better than others. And maybe here's an idea. None of us have been murdered. Right. I mean, I haven't, I, I haven't, but a lot of us had been, have been affected by sex crime. Yes. And that a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot more. Now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like that's the difference. There is, trauma that's ongoing because of sex crimes. There's a reason that there's a movement called me too. It indicates that it's behind this whole idea that as soon as a woman starts talking about the, you know, sex crime that she's been to, you know, 10 women around her can go me also me, you know, I also have been through X, Y, Z. So there's the thing about murder is the victims aren't here to talk about it. So maybe someone listening into my favorite murder that they're talking about the murder and there is a loved one that's listening to it. Maybe they do feel offense by that title. I don't know. I think it's, it's just interesting to think about. It's just definitely the murdered people are offended. Yeah. But, but Yeah. But they're not because they're, 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 they're not. Yeah. Well, you know, but though I, we, I'm like a little bit like more angered now knowing because when you think about causing trauma, you're right. It's ongoing. It never ends. And in fact, it can continue over generations. It's a disease like it just spreads. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if you do that, you could multiple and it just I mean. The damage you're doing to the world by doing that one thing, yeah, it's a terrible, awful yeah. thing, right? And so I'm even more pissed because of that, but because I felt so, I was so sad for him when he's like, you know, I'll never get over it. I'm in constant pain, you know, um, totally preventable, right? Um, these quotes where I was like feeling this and angered for him and sad for him and for to know that he caused that and his wife died. So I understand. And it does cause a lot of people pain, including himself for a long time. But what he did can last generations. Yeah. Maybe that's the evil of, I mean, if we're categorizing levels of evilness, there is a finality and a cleanness in murder. Mm-hmm. Whereas there is in, an insidiousness in sex crimes that someone has to live with. And then that trauma can express itself on other victims. And, and it can be a sort of generational curse. Mm-hmm into a family or into communities. That's probably the difference. This 
It seems like there's a few few differences. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Community wants to heal, but it doesn't end for me. It's like you're saying the same exact thing. You're saying the thing that's true for whoever he did that to. So let me ask you this. Controversial. Right and wrong. Knowing the difference between right and wrong. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't listen to somebody who preaches right and wrong. It's a, it's the same as the, sorry to interrupt you, by the way, no, no. as the, like, hypocrisy of religion, right? Like, right or wrong, and then all of a sudden, you're doing all the wrong. But it's okay, because however you decide, it's okay, which is so effed, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm just like reading my notes now because I want to use them. No, because really, it's really annoying to me. He also says, oh. there's there's power in learning from your failures. That it's important to learn from your failings. Is he referring to something like that specifically? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. If you believe in karma, mm-hmm. I mean, if people if people are going to be so rigid about this kind of shit, then let's go there. Like, let's actually talk about it. It on some level, do some people think that he deserves this? What wow, is it some sort of karmic payback? But it didn't just happen to him. If it's karmic payback and there's like so many other people affected by the that shooter, it yeah. didn't really just happen to him. But there were thousands of people that encountered the shooter that day and he was just happened to be him mm. and his wife on the road. You know, that gun was pointed to him. And and you could argue that his wife, she lived a clean death, right? She didn't suffer, she died pretty quickly. This guy got fucking thrown into the back of a garbage truck with his broken leg jostling about shit on his back. I mean, if if you ask most people what they think should be done to child predators, it's something akin to that. Throw his broken ass in a gar- back of a garbage you know, truck. The closest people to him, like yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I yeah. think too. That hatred or that need for retribution, that need for revenge is probably going to feel, be felt a lot deeper in people that have experienced that sort of trauma or maybe the family or that his, his victim maybe listened to the episode and just thought, God damn right, he should be feeling that. Fuck him. Fuck him and his wife that died. I feel bad for her, but um, she probably she had to know about his past. She forgave him, nonetheless. Is that wrong? Well, we don't know. What if you found out your partner had that thing on their record after years of being with them or something? Yeah. Is is anyone? Is it possible that anyone can be fully? rehabilitated that they can find redemption is it possible and if it's not then what the fuck are we doing where where are we supposed to put these people you know you can't kill them but it sounds like people really want to yeah so they just live among us 
Are they not meant to change and learn and grow? Isn't that what this show is about? What this is actually happening is about? Is that people... No, well, he didn't... I mean, of course. But he didn't acknowledge that. All the full how many hours he was interviewed, he Uh never mentioned at all. Great. I'm glad you brought that up. If he outlined this crime as part of his backstory and the thing that made him feel the worst about himself, if he if he was honest, fuck, fuck us like doing our background checks. But if he said himself, this is the thing I went down for and it was a terrible thing that I did and I feel bad about it every day and my wife knows how I lost sleep over it every night. Da, 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 da. Are and we- now I'm doing a program and now I'm making sure that this doesn't happen yeah. to others. Now I'm doing, and it like didn't, there's no trying to fix it. He's ignoring yeah. it in his, his story where he includes a lot of his life. Yeah. In his past. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know what you're saying. No, no. I think we finally got to it. I think we got to the answer. Oh, good. If he, when he did his interview, if he made that incident a part of his backstory, if he talked about it with accountability and in responsibility and in regret and in, in sorrow for that act or those acts and, and revealed and, and, and basically did the due diligence that we didn't do if he did that and it outed himself. I think that we could have listened to the rest of his story without judgment. It would have been a a part of it, but hearing that he was taking accountability for it and that he lived with the misery that that regret brought on him every day. I think that the audience would have been more inclined to be forgiving and accept the story that he had to tell. But you're right. The fact that he didn't include it, And there is a moment where he's explaining his backstory in the episode and he talks about leaving the army or whatever branch he was in. And he goes, and that's, you know, a thing that happened and whatever. And it makes me wonder, like, is that what he's glossing over? Hmm. I think you're absolutely right, T. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we got to it. I think we're more inclined to have more grace and forgiveness for people if they fucking own their shit. Yeah. And he tried to gloss over it and act like it wasn't a big deal. And that's shit. Yeah. I mean, why why didn't he share it? Either it wasn't important or it's not a big deal. He didn't want to share it because he wanted to share his story. Um, Like, why wouldn't he? In our process... We do, we go into what were the defining things in your life, in your childhood. We, we go there. It's not that we're not asking, right? We're not, maybe not Googling people, but we are asking. And we do always ask people to be open and honest and willing to share as much as they can. And there, that was a misstep on his part. He should have shared. And I'll be all. Yeah. It would be completely different story. Yeah. In fact, it 
I think it would have. I think it would have completely turned people. I think it would. It would have just completely turned us all around. It's even. It's even. It could be even a deeper story than it actually was. Yeah, and I. That's when I would agree with what. Hundred percent agree with what Wit said in his post. Like, it makes him more complicated. Yes, and make. It makes him more of like a rich, you know, life that you would want to like listen to. But for him not to admit it feels like he's trying to hide it. Or was it not a defining moment, which is terrible because it's definitely a defining moment for whoever had to deal with that. Yeah. So bad all around for him not sharing it. It's unfortunate because I think there would have been a lot of grace and empathy for him. Oh yeah. He's been forthright about it. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I can, yeah. I do root for people to change. Yeah. If you can accept your shit and be apologetic about it and truly demonstrate that you've changed and, and the fact that you can feel regret about it does demonstrate change. I think that people can continue to root for you, even if you've done something completely insidious and diabolical even as far as hurting children i think people mm-hmm. can root for you again the I, hiding. I think so. it's the hiding it's the and hiding. i wondered like you mentioned like karma like if he was like talked about that and then talked about the shooting i was like am i being punished like it gives a whole new level it's of almost a person. A it's, it is a deeper story yeah. But he hit it, and I'm like, now I'm like totally pissed. You know, when you say defining moment, when you ask him to share those, you may or may not decide to do background checks, though I think there's like a really easy way to do it, and you can just put people's names in. Um, And it's cheap. I said already. But anyway, it would be interesting, and one of of your questions, if it's like, please disclose any information. like crimes. Yeah. Are you a registered sex? Just please disclose the things that we don't want to find out about later. You know, that's that's going to affect how people react to your story. Because now I've dismissed every single thing you said. I might come back to it, you know, but like as soon as you said that, I was like, I think a big part of it is because he did it. But now knowing from our conversation that he hit it too, I'm just like, dude, no way. Yeah. No, I yeah. think I think you're right. I think that's a valid kind of point to add to the pre-interview questions. Not only to to kind of do our due diligence about our storytellers, but obviously that's an integral part of your history. And if you're not naming it as an integral part, then you don't know shit. You haven't learned mm-hmm. shit. If you can't acknowledge your past hurts to people. Have you really grown? And you're right. Why do you deserve a stage? I think that it's interesting because our the show, This Is Actually Happening, is solely meant to be a firsthand account of someone's very impactful experience in their life, right? We kind of just leave, leave it open-ended, but there is an expectation of the listeners that there is some sort of redemption. There's some sort of arc that happens where 
these sort of experiences change us deeply and not just change us deeply, but change us for the better. Mm -hmm. And even though a lot of the stories are fucking depressing, they usually try to end on some sort of like glimmer of hope, you know, and, and reflection. And we always ask, we use our kind of storyteller that we have on the show is usually far away from it so that they can really truly look back and have reflection about it and perspective on it. And if Troy decided to try to hide this from us, it does put into question everything else that he said. Yeah. That's what I was wondering too. Garbage truck. I, you know, like it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust. Yeah. So what's the heart of the story to you? I already had a heart of the story. That's not the heart of the story anymore. Well, can I ask what your heart of the story was before I told you about this past? It wasn't even that good. It was around like that whole tough guy thing. Yeah. Um, that quote that he did, life's unfair, boo-hoo. Um, there's something around that, but I'm just not feeling it. For now that I know, okay. it really does change it. That now that quote is kind of a controversial quote, anyways. But I, I was lightening it up. But now it feels gross to say that because I feel yeah. like he's saying that to whoever he molested. You know, like it's I can't I can't separate it right now anyway. Um. So the heart of the story, I don't don't know. What's the heart of the story then? Let's see. Well, I'll be honest. Okay. When I I went to write the heart of the story, because I knew I I couldn't come up with one. If you look here, it says heart. This is blank. Oh, there's nothing there. I couldn't come up with it. I wanted, I wanted this episode to be us talking frankly about this issue. Oh, yeah. And, no, I'm glad to be talking about it. Um, since we didn't do an intro, we're talking about episode 269 of This Is Actually Happening. Yes. What if you, what if you plaid for your life? It's um, so, there's so many things, you know? Again, I'm seeing it as a projection, you know? Like, again, everything he's saying, I feel like he's saying, it's like connected to whoever his victim is, you know? Yeah. Like, this person pled for his life, her life. Oof. Maybe it wasn't like they were going to die, but now their life is completely altered. And you would, as a kid, as a parent, as a whoever, you plead for their life to be to not have that happen, you know? Wow. So that title even is triggering to me now. The whole thing. Well, I think that we got to, okay. I think this is what we needed to talk about. I, and, and, and just sort of out of reverence for the victim. I think that's what we only should have talked about because we don't know. Like I attempted yeah. to find out more information. I couldn't find it. And 
Um, I hate that this is the start off to the Point Blake series that we're talking about, but you know, I think this is the conversation that we should have had around this episode. And I think it was salting people's listen of the episode so much that I think this is the only thing that people wanted to hear us talk about with regard to this episode. Wondering if we should. There is a discussion to be had here and hopefully we did it. We. I think we did it and we solved it. And we did. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. You didn't know. Now I know. Oh, I didn't know. I was like, what's going on? What do you mean? Did he win the lottery or something? What? <laughs> Just say it, because let's get on with it. Okay. So. Should we not intro, not an outro? Or we didn't intro. I know. I mean, we didn't intro. Um, Maybe this is a special. It. Okay. It's sort of special. But um, just remember this, y'all. Um, this show, Trauma Bonded, is for the listeners, and it's a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. And thank you for listening. Um, I know this was a weird one. You can definitely contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and search for us on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and that's kind of it. That's what we're going to talk about today. And sorry, it was a weird one. You're a weird one. We're going to be on TikTok, huh? That's fun. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to open the account. You're going to have to do it. Why do I have to do it? Okay, you have to be, I love you. Love you, oh, love you. Let's um, love you. <laughs> I gotta get my task rabbit going. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys task rabbiting? We're um getting the. Did you know that we are outdoor TV? Ooh, we there time for my visit next week. It's gonna be there today, hopefully. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Thank you. That's fine. Laugh or die, right? Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued 
by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.